0: Hey guys thanks for tuning in this podcast is a teaching for our become like Jesus class I'm having just a ton of fun with you guys on Wednesday nights I love the discussion that Joel led this past week on the reading from the divine conspiracy and uh, yeah I just love how you guys are chewing on the content thinking through it and asking good questions uh, so yeah thanks for that before we get into the discipline of scripture I want to start with my favorite joke how many therapists does it take to change a light bulb The answer is one, but the light bulb has to want to change. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, maybe that's kind of dorky, but I, I say that joke because, well, honestly, I do love that joke, but everything we're doing in the Become Like Jesus class, the theory of transformation, talking through these disciplines, crafting a rule of life, are just invitations. They're just things to offer for anyone who who wants to change, who wants to try, you know, a different system to get different results. So, you know, if you're happy with your results, if you, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, there's no, not meant to be any pressure or, you know, pressure to conform or anything like that. So just want to throw that out there. You know, we mentioned in our last podcast, AA, and there's just, like, so many things about AA that I think uh, could be helpful, you know, if we were to kind of tweak them and apply to the church. You know, the AA isn't, like, chasing people down, going into bars, hanging outside of liquor stores, you know, trying to recruit new al- alcoholics for their group. Instead, you know, they have their their theory with their 12 steps uh, or practices that they, you know, they just work that system. And anyone who gets at the end of the rope, who hits rock bottom – uh, you know, can jump in and they'll be welcomed with grace, with open arms. And and then, you know, the community joins that person in their journey to be, you know, for AA purposes, transformed into the kind of person who doesn't drink too much. And uh, that's kind of the my dream of what the church could be. I mean, you know, maybe in church there's a little more space for, you know, going into the metaphorical bar and, you know, seeking and joining Jesus and seeking and saving the lost. But in terms of what the, like, the gathered church or the community of, Jesus' people could be, you know, imagining it as this, like, gracious, welcoming place where there's, you know, a clear biblical theory of change, simple, accessible, maybe not easy, but simple, accessible practices that, you know, anyone can do if they desire to change to become more like Jesus or... You know, it, it, there's a lot of synonyms for that. Or want to experience the life uh, in the kingdom of God that he has for us. Uh, or experience union with Christ. Or behold the glory of God in the face of Christ. You know, there's all these like beautiful phrases from scripture that talk about what the point of everything is. Which is us being united to God, uh, resting our souls in him, and being satisfied. Today we're going to talk about uh, the spiritual discipline of scripture, or having a, a scripture practice. Uh, Jesus says in John eight thirty one uh, through thirty two, uh, he said Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So there you have it, our King and Savior, telling us plainly that to be his disciples, to experience freedom. From the truth, we have to abide or remain, live, build our lives in his word. The word, word in scripture is pretty profound uh, because you have, you know, the word of God in the beginning created everything. Uh, You have the inerrant word of God, the Bible that, you know, we can hold in our hands and read. Uh, And then we have the word made flesh. Jesus is the word. He shared the word and he is the word. Uh, It's kind of mind-blowing. So this abiding in Jesus's word here is pretty clutch, pretty and uh for becoming like him uh and it's also very holistic. I mean, it definitely means we immerse ourselves, you know, in the information uh in the the words he said in the gospels, the things he did in the gospels. Uh but it also can, you know, be extended to all of scripture of course beyond the gospels because what I found if you spend any time in the gospels at all, you'll see Jesus And the other gospel writers uh, referencing the Old Testament almost like on every page. So following Jesus means we follow him into the Old Testament and grapple with the scriptures that Jesus would have been shaped by uh, and immersed in as he walked on the earth. I did an interview with Andrew Penaggi last winter. He was uh, Redemption City's former Old Testament scholar in residence here uh, before, you know, he abandoned us to go do his PhD, which I'm still sad about. But uh, I'll uh, see if I can dig that interview up and post that later because uh, it goes into some of that following Jesus into the the Old Testament. He had a lot of good things to share. Abiding in Jesus' Word also means that we 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 not only hear it but we and read it, but we also do it. Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of John 8, 32 in the message translation is this. Then Jesus turned to the Jews who claimed to believe in him and said, if you stick with this, living out what I tell you, you are my disciples for sure. Then you will experience for yourselves the truth and the truth will set you free. I love that, that like sticking with it, living out the word, uh, being his disciples and experiencing, you know, not just like uh, hearing about it, but experiencing the truth and being set free. And this, I think, picks up on kind of what Jesus uh, says in conclusion to the Sermon on the Mount, so maybe some of his most famous words. In Matthew seven twenty-four through 27, he says, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall Because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And I love how this idea of like building our house on Jesus' words, uh, like the house of our life, like not just like thinking about them, but like building our life on them, abiding in them, you know, in the house of our life. Uh, kind of gets at the, uh, the the similar words he uses in John 8. Um, like if we're building the house of our lives on something, uh, you know, we have a choice. And it seems like it's kind of, we well, have one of two options, Jesus or anything else. Like only the way of Jesus, abiding in his word, building our, our lives on not only what we think and feel and believe, but also what we do on his word, will we be able to withstand the storms of life. And uh, the Greek there, the, for the foolish man, it says that his house fell with a mega crash, uh, literally in the Greek there. And I, you know, I love how Jesus is not afraid to end a sermon with mega crash. <laughs> I don't think I could ever pull that off as a preacher. Only Jesus could. But these strong words from Jesus are surrounding this idea of living, abiding in his words, letting his words and way of life just you know, surround us, fill us, be the reality that we inhabit. There are many ways, uh, practically, to practice the discipline of Scripture. We mentioned this in the last podcast, uh, where for the sake of our class, we're trying to make the distinction between kind of the general high-level discipline and then specific on-the-ground practices that a person would do in order to engage with that discipline. When it comes to this discipline of Scripture, it's hard to imagine a Jesus follower who does not engage in the discipline of scripture. Like you got to have scripture in your life somehow to be a Christian, follow Jesus. But the specific practices of scripture in a, in the life of a Jesus follower, I think can vary greatly. And I just want to talk in depth about one practice of the discipline of scripture today, and then mention a few more briefly uh, at the end. And we can discuss more in class, other kinds of practices or what's been rich and uh, sweet for you. Last winter we called uh, this this practice of scripture uh, the daily bread way of reading because um, the idea is that we need God's word every day like it's food. Uh, th- this way of thinking about the Bible I think is different from maybe more goal-oriented approaches to, Bibles, uh, to Bible reading, you know, like I'm going to read the Bible in a year or something like that. There, there's nothing wrong with that goal or that plan, like immersing ourselves in the story of God. That's the point. That could be a great way to do it. But Uh, In terms of like lifestyle or I don't know, psychology, in case you haven't heard goals are out and habits are in habits seem to be way more effective in the long term, like meaningful change uh, comes from uh, from habits typically than than setting goals like you might set a goal to run a marathon and then run that marathon and then you don't never run again. Um, the, with habits, it seems like, you know, there's just kind of like less shame and pressure, less risk of failure, you know, like that, oh man, it's, you know, January 15th and I'm already behind, got to get caught up in my Bible reading plan or whatever, whereas habits seem to be, you know, less pressure, less risk of failure, kind of smaller achievable facts. And just to riff on the whole like bread idea, food, you know, is a long-term habit, one that will die if we don't keep up. And if you miss a meal, you know, you don't, you're not behind in your eating, you just Eat the next meal. Uh, There's no like shame or guilt or whatever. And the cry of my heart is that, you know, the streaks and goals and shame that maybe some of us might have experienced growing up in the church when we fail to you know keep the streak or accomplish the whole goal or you know we're like coming to the bible like you know 5 days behind in a reading plan I absolutely would love to see that go away when we approach scripture and instead come to scripture like we come to the table uh hungry humble excited you know receptive to be nourished and hear from god to be with him just you know receive what he has for us uh, like we don't have to like make scripture do something. It's it, it's living and active with the Holy Spirit uh, who inspired it and the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. Um, and you know, just let our hearts be aligned to God's reality and be set free. God's truth and be set free. The practice, this practice, the bread way of thinking about uh, scripture practice is a very relational thing. You can think of it like a married couple, you know, needing to connect daily and weekly like the point isn't like hey what's your date night streak you know or whatever how long have you talked in like one sitting or whatever or you know what's the word count of your last conversation it's the point is intimacy the point is to connect to relate Uh, so this is a The BREAD acronym, B-R-E-A-D, is just kind of a a thing that tracks pretty closely with Pastor Bob's seven R's of contemplation. And I just want to offer another kind of pathway for you in uh, scripture practice. So the B stands for be still, uh, just kind of coming to scripture and quieting our minds and our bodies, taking deep breaths, kind of stopping to be present in the moment, just acknowledge like the truth that God is with you. He dwells in the Holy Spirit in your body. Who helps you understand Scripture, uh, you know? So checking in with your body as you open Scripture, where the Holy Spirit lives, that can be a super powerful way to just acknowledge the fact that God is with you, and the Holy Spirit delights to illuminate God's word to you. It's also, uh, to kind of connect it to our other practice for this week, it's it's a it is a, a little. Uh, many practice of silence and solitude uh, as a way of preparation to kind of receive, like an emptying of yourself, dialing into God. You know, what am I feeling? What am I anxious about? What am I wanting or feeling like I need from God in that moment? Uh, those are things to just be aware of as you approach scripture and see how God might speak to you about, about those things. R is read the passage, um, if you a, a Bible plan, there's like meditative Bible plans or whatever, and um, you know, typically like a chapter, uh, or even like, you know, part of a chapter or something, the, the, you know, the depth over distance is the idea here. Uh, read it slowly, read it out loud, maybe, uh, once or twice and kind of jot down words or phrases that stick out to you. And then the E in the B-R-E-A-D, uh, acronym is encounter, where you kind of try to encounter, engage with, The text, uh, particularly maybe the one or two things that stuck out to you, you know, write write out the verse or verses that stuck out to you and ask the Holy Spirit, like, why it stuck out to you. Uh, For example, today I was meditating on Psalm 57 and what stuck out to me was David. Uh, This is one of the Psalms that has the little, like, header explains, like, what David was going through when he wrote it. It said he was uh, fleeing from Saul in a cave. And what stuck out to me was uh, kind of verse verse one and two where he says, in the shadow of your wings, I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. And I was just struck by that image of being under God's wing, like a little chick with a mother hen, while a storm raged on around, and then you know eventually petered out, passed by thinking about some of the storm you know little storms in in my life the things that you know I ache to be over to be resolved uh and and just hearing God's invitation to to seek refuge and wait for him uh wait with him for them to pass like to become like a little helpless chick under his wing uh it because you know there's a promise there like God will fulfill his purpose for me which is just beautiful um so I was just kind of chewing on that, the A in the acronym stands for apply. Like consider how this message might speak to your life, your relationships, your work, um, you know, maybe even your schedule for that day. For me, the application felt like this invitation to uh, to kind of steadfastness and just like joyful trust in the in the days. You know, the the long term might be hazy or uh, confusing, but um, just to be steadfast and. Be with God in, in my days. Like, I don't have to fight the storm, make the storm go. Uh, I don't have to fulfill my own purposes. Like, the storm will pass and God will accomplish his purposes. D, and our acronym is devote, uh, is kind of write a prayer to God based on what stuck out to you and how, what you feel called to apply to your life or what questions you're sitting with and, you know, which for me was just kind of journaling out some of these little storms in my life and holding them before God. And, and, and kind of also with that like waiting and trusting like a little chick, it felt like it was, you know, just consider the good things that, are on my schedule in the next days and weeks and just the, the joys of my days that I can experience while I'm waiting for storms to pass w- ways that I see God fulfilling his purposes in me as I wait for storms to pass or even through the storms, uh, themselves. That's kind of another podcast, but so that's just a tiny example of the daily bread process, at least for me today. And, but you know, it might look different, uh, for you and you know, to be honest, I of course cleaned this up a little bit for the podcast. Like nobody <laughs> needs to know the the ugly nitty gritty of what I'm like early in the morning with God. But uh, you know, the, these are just things that you can uh, uh, rails to run on, ways to engage with God and Scripture on a relational level. And starting the day with God, realizing that He's with you, the Holy Spirit's inside of you, uh, that He's there to be a helper and illuminate Scripture. It's just it's a beautiful way to frame your days. And to see this time reading scripture like you beholding someone you love, beholding someone who loves you, um, is just a, a beautiful, a beautiful way to come to the the scriptures. It's not the only way to practice the discipline of scripture, but you know th- this idea is kind of getting at the you know the idea of life with God, the gospel of the kingdom uh, that we've kind of discussed in class. You know, it it means you know. We might not be here to be, you know, super analytical and answer all the questions, but instead to, you know, relate to God. Um, And I think this brings some nuance to the whole, you know, check the box phenomenon. Like I I think in our cultural moment, the way a lot of us were brought up, you know, it's like it's got to be authentic. We don't want to just check the box, which, of course, is true on one hand. Like we don't want to be check the box people blazing through the duty and just like what, you know, what chapter chapters do I need to read and, you know, get on. With my You know, that'd be like, yeah, of course I'm married and we do our date night and I just like check the box, just like show up, eat the food, go home, you know, pay the babysitter. Like that's not the point of a date night. But on the other hand, if checking the box means I like show up to God to connect with him, whether I feel like it or not, like choosing to like check the like relationally connect with God over scripture box, uh, even if I'm mad at him or don't want to be there. uh, I think that's a good thing. (laughs) I think it's a good thing, even if you don't feel like it to. Show up to God, pray what you got, and receive uh, the word for the day from him. And uh, so I, I hope you see the difference there. Like, If check the box is, you know, a mentality that means you're not really engaging, just going through the motions, then, like, that might not be great. But if checking the box means you're, like, showing up even just to do it because, you know, like the disciples say to Jesus in John 6, like, where else am I going to go? You just said some hard things. I don't really feel great right now, but like, you know, I want to show up to you because I need you. That, you know, that to me sounds like health. That sounds like being in a relationship. There's so much value and growth that comes from a deep dive into scripture, into uh, doctrine, uh, study, studying scripture and, uh, you know, theology, all that stuff. Like, I love seminary, uh, l- love my time in seminary and all that stuff. But the reason I spend so much time doing the kind of like, bread reading plan kind of a more like meditative kind of deal is because I've seen it happen all too often where we you know we miss the God who loves us in our pursuit of you know biblical knowledge uh whereas Jesus says in John 5 you know you search the scriptures in vain because you think you will find life in them but it's they who point to me uh that that doesn't mean Jesus won't like push your buttons or the immensity of scripture and the com, you know complexity of our infinite God uh, won't bother us and, you know, require us to do uh, do some study. Study is, you know, it, it could be part of a scripture practice or it could be, you know, uh, maybe some of the theological study might be like a, a separate kind of spiritual discipline of of study and diving, diving deeper, reading books, all that stuff. But uh, I guess to, to put it in relational terms, you know, like starting with our interaction with scripture from a relational framework is, you know, like if uh, it makes sense when you put it into marriage. Like if Camille said or did something that I didn't quite understand or seemed a little bit off to me, like, the answer wouldn't be to, like, avoid her and Google, like, why is my wife the way that she is, (laughs) you know, or whatever. It'd be to engage, like, to ask her questions and to listen and to spend time and, you know, get, like, process it uh, on a relational level. Uh, So those are, like, two main ideas behind uh, this, like, bread reading uh, Bible plan. You know, coming for nourishment, like, it's food, you know, no shame if you miss a day or... Or whatever, pick back up, and, and then when you open your Bible, uh, you know, to read, uh, just you know, start with some silence and acknowledge that you're there to be with God, to relate to Him, to connect with Him, to receive from Him. So that's that. Uh, there are, of course, many ways to practice the discipline of Scripture. Let me just touch on a few more here. Uh, an evening Psalm is a really sweet Scripture practice. The the bread acronym way of reading scripture that we just went through I think is is pretty prime for that morning time slot to kind of frame the day and connect with God before you go out into the world Uh, and the perfect complement would be like you you know reading a psalm or maybe you know a little paragraph from the gospels or something at the end of your day you get into bed you got a little psalter next to your bed or you got a little like you know reader's bible or something and you just kind of let God have the last word of the day give him the first word of the day as you come before him and and have the last word when you get into bed at night. And, the, you know, the neuroscience behind the first and last thing that you give your attention to before and after sleep is pretty mind-blowing. We don't have time to go into it here, but, you know, you can Google that. Uh, another practice, scripture practice, is to just, like, read big chunks, like a book. Uh, I've, I've, like, got super geeked out about uh, the, these things they have out there called, like, reader's version of Bibles uh, that, you know, some of them are, like six volumes, uh, where they, they print the Bible in such a way that it looks like a normal book. Like it fits in your hand, it's 12 point font, which means that it takes six volumes is like, you know, cause it's not tiny little print and you know, there's no, uh, like verses or chapter headings and stuff. And so it's, it's like really kind of like humbling and enjoyable to just like pick it up and read it like a book. That's how it was originally kind of meant to be read. And, uh, you, it, it kind of takes some of the more like reference, uh, posture where I'm just going to like refer to this or dissect it and just, I'm just going to let it wash over me like I would, you know, a, a normal book. Cause it is a story, right? We talk about it all the time. It's one story that points to Jesus. So what if we read it like a story and, and kind of let it, you know, uh, form us rather than us try to like wrangle it. Um, reading a study Bible is another good scripture practice, you know, especially if you're kind of new to the Bible or whatever, when it's got notes, uh, you know, that can be fun and illuminating, kind of give you some uh, other background or whatever. Uh, Bible studies are a great scripture practice with, um, you know, learning from someone who studied the Bible a lot and being able to ask questions. And this you know basically includes some of that, you know, community aspect of our theory of transformation where we come to scripture uh, together with brothers and sisters who also have the Holy Spirit inside of them. Uh, you know, listening to the Bible on audio, like that's pretty much free now uh, on your phone. You know, so going for walks, listening to the Bible or, you know, on your commute to work, just getting it in there. There's uh, this one uh, audio Bible called Streetlights, I think is what it's called. It's it's on Spotify, but it's like they, they put the Bible to beats. <laughs> so it's just like these nice, like head nodding beats that you can listen uh, with scripture going over, over top of it. It's pretty cool. Um, you know, even you could say our Sunday morning gathering with uh, scripture reading and preaching, you know, uh, is is part of a, a, a scripture practice, getting the Bible into us, and you know, podcasts of good Bible teaching, of course, can be a scripture practice. Uh, you know, it's a way of entering God's reality, letting the Word of God dwell in our hearts richly. Uh, another cool thing or fun thing I've enjoyed with scripture is to try out new translations of uh, of the Bible, uh, whether, whether that's in your bread reading plan, like a meditative reading plan, or, you know, you get a reader's Bible, maybe in a in a translation you're less familiar with. Uh, it can just be fun to kind of have Scripture hit you, you know, in a new way. You know, again, I, I feel like I, I'm required to say, like, you know, having our baseline be like the ESV or the New American Standard, You know, like these like word for word translations is probably good, you know, practice. So you kind of sticking as close to the original manuscripts as possible. But, you know, for the sake of encountering the text afresh and kind of letting things pop out uh, to us uh, in different ways or uh, cause us to ask different questions. You know, do you reading things like, you know, more of the paraphrase ones like the NLT or the CSB or something that are kind of more idea for idea translations. But still have a pretty solid connection to the you know the Greek and the Hebrew that that can be a cool just way to mix it up. I know Ken Weest, one of our elders he reads through the Bible every year in a different translation, which I think is cool um, the message uh, translation is fun um, so yeah take it or leave it I think there's freedom there uh we that we have as we open ourselves up to to God's word and seek it to get it you know all up in us mind body, and soul. The last thing I'll say is to encourage you to read uh read the Bible, uh, like with someone, you know, whether that's like someone in your LTG or something like that, or like, you know, do with your spouse kind of have like a, a scripture reading, uh, plan or whatever. And, uh, and be able to kind of go through the text together, maybe, you know, shoot a text or someone, uh, to, to someone as you are reading the passage, like, Hey, this stuck out to me or whatever a way to incorporate community and, you know, further accountability, all that stuff. So there you have it. That's a super brief intro into the spiritual discipline of scripture, and some of the ways that the you know particular scripture practice can look in our class on Wednesday nights as we consider forming a rule of life. Uh, we can we can look at particular ways to to have a scripture practice and, and consider particular scripture practices that might you know be daily scripture practices weekly monthly quarterly whatever scripture scales nicely in that you can uh, do a daily bread kind of meditative reading maybe on Sabbath you you know read a reader's Bible for thirty minutes uh, maybe you do you know try to do a Bible study want you know once a year where you you know, dive in deeper with some other folks or something like that so be noodling on how you might want to. Put some scripture practices on your rule of life as we prepare to meet on Wednesday. We'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on what scripture practices have been sweet for you or what's been hard or, uh, yeah, just hear, hear how you're, you're chewing on these things. I want to end with just an invitation from God to you from Isaiah 55. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. That's all for today. Love you guys and I'll see you soon.